It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life, and I've got my sisters from another mister. I've got Donna Hetzler. I've got Cindy Marsh. I've got Jennifer Bishop. And we have a male our token male, producer David. And, and see, I say that so that we can all ah, because ah, during ooh. football season, I lose my husband. <laughs> I become a football widow, and he will sit there. Every Sunday, he puts on that doggone Broncos jersey, and I'm looking at him like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and he just loves his football. I used to like football, but I don't I don't care for it like he does. But every Sunday, producer David, do you know what your wife and I go through on Sundays? Actually, my wife is a huge Bronco fan. Oh, Lord. She uh-huh. switched sides. But, uh, this, and I've been, I've been a huge football fan my whole life, and uh, uh, this season has been hard. I, I, I'm not as interested as okay. before. And uh, the athletes, I just wish they would play to the best of their ability right. yep. it, and and leave whatever it is that they want to talk about somewhere else for Tuesdays. Yes, yeah. yes, I hear you. Well, in honor of football season, we have a good news story that I hope will change the hearts and minds I think it will. of the football fans. Yeah. On game day, college football rivalries run deep. We wondered just how deep do these rivalries go? To find out, we staged a broken down car on the way to the stadium. Then we waited to see if any rival fans would lend a hand. And you know what? They did. Overheated, huh? What's going on? You're empty. You're bone dry. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely get you to the game. So we switched it up to a Knowles van, and the Crimson Tide rolled in. Hey, guys. A little embarrassed the Bama fan had to go to our rescue. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> So what can we do to help? I mean, it's, it's a football game. Life goes on. Good people out there. We people first. Thank you, guys. Stopping to help out a rival team. Turns out kindness runs deeper than rivalries. Hey, no problem. Thank you, guys. <laughs> At least until kickoff. I like that. Uh, kindness runs deeper than rivalries. At least until kickoff time. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You know, and, and when, when football season comes, everybody is just, again, oh, I'm a Packers fan. Oh, I'm a Raiders fan. No, I'm a Broncos fan. Oh, I'm a this, that, and the other. You're going to go down. you going down. <laughs> What's that about? You know what? I really love my rivalries. Okay. Uh, I'm not over. A, I don't want to hurt anybody, and I don't want to see anyone get injured, or I don't want to see anyone get disparaged. However, it adds an extra element to the game. When there's that history of rivalry together, like the Seminoles, the Florida State Seminoles and the Alabama Crimson Tide was the the two that they were just talking about in the clip. Um, 
And I know I'm not going to be the most popular person around here, but uh, I am a diehard Raider fan. I have been since I was a little uh, boy. Uh, and especially no. here in Broncos. I, I used to like you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I don't see, feel the love anymore. See, even happened? my wife is a Bronco fan, so we actually have. Uh, wow, you commingled with the Broncos. Yeah, fans. I know. It's pretty funny. We, <laughs> so, and that's a rivalry. It's one of the biggest rivalries in football. Oh, yes. And it, mm-hmm. it just adds something extra to the game. And I, I don't know. I think there's something really special about it. But, uh, you know, baseball, too, like the San Francisco Giants and the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, people are always getting hurt every year. And I think yes. that's it's funny how they send all these messages. The media focuses on those stories where somebody gets pushed down the stands or somebody gets hit by a car or there's a fight erupts or something like that. When I think there's so many more of us that are like, ah, I don't like you because you're, uh, you know, a Giants fan or I don't right. like you because you're a Bronco fan. But then, oh, I do like you. You're you're a fine person. It's just during the game we wanted to have that clash. Well, you know, I, I think that's healthy rivalry. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. in the military, we we have rivalry oh. against uh, Air Force. I'm Army, Air Force, Marines, Navy, Coast Guard. We all are rivals against each other. Oh and yeah. Well, when and you- Marines are the best. <laughs> what? She's out of here too now. Hold up. Hey, my son's a Marine. I gotta, you know. <laughs> it does push us up to the next level because I do tactical yeah. training and I train with somebody from the military who is like superior, way superior to me. But I play up and he had just asked me to go to prom to do this training and stuff. And I'm like, don't you want somebody good who's going to bring you up to the next level? And he's like, Donna, you don't give yourself enough credit. You're really good, you know. But you do. You find... Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that that rivalry, it does pull you up to the next level. Of course it does. Yeah. And I'm still going to love Jennifer, because regardless <laughs> of whether her family has chosen the Marine side. I I, I still love her. That's right. You know, but no. I mean, you know, I have a good brother here in town, uh, Pastor John Moreland. He's Air Force. And we all know that the Air Force has never worked a day in their lives. It's called well, the Chair Force. Well, nobody's still perfect. Love them. Remember, the nobody's chair perfect. Force. Nobody is perfect. You know, I mean, Army, huh? okay, I'm just saying. But, you know... And, and with all this rivalry, you know, and it's good, clean fun. Yes. But there's no rivalry or there should be no rivalry in business. Right. Oh, my gosh. You know, we say often in my business, a, a rising tide raises all ships. Exactly. And, you know, when we speak badly about somebody else's business, or it's, it's like we're tearing our business down. Yes. And, you know, you can disagree with a certain aspect of another business, but to tear, I I try to look at the positives. Okay. Yeah. That's a great company. They've done great things. Um, you know, they do things a little bit differently than I do. Here's what they do. Great. Here's how I'm different. And then you can make a choice. Right. That's absolutely. absolutely. And and when you think about it, um, in business and and Cindy, you've been in business a, a long time and, uh, you've seen all aspects of rivalry. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Here it comes. No, I think in uh, business and in life, mm-hmm. there is rivalry. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what's important is that we each individually learn how to deal with that rivalry so it supports ourselves, but in a positive way. Right. Mm-hmm. Our business in a positive way, our experiences, our patients, our everything to go where it would make sense to move the other forward. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that it, you know, it helps if you bring others with you and learn from, let them teach mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and you can learn from them. It's not always possible. Mm-hmm. Of course not. Mm-hmm. But 
to join forces is better than to divide. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I, I'm looking at this show now. It is called The Good Doctor. And it's about this kid. He was born with autism mm. and um, autism and savant, savantism. Ooh, uh-huh. okay. Oh, okay. But he's a surgeon. Yeah, oh, makes boy. sense. Okay, he's uh, the 30-something-year-old kid, and he's, he's a surgeon. And the hospital where he works, none of the doctors really want to accept him because, well, I'm much better because I can at least talk to people, and, and it just doesn't make sense that he can't, he can't communicate with people, and so I'm not going to let him do surgery on any of the people. And the one, the president of the hospital said, you will have him in your surgery theater, and you will use him as a doctor. But this kid comes up with stuff because he can see things from a different level right. than everybody Effective. else. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. yes. And, and so when he says something, you know, now they're starting to listen and say, what did he say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's God's giftings, right? That's right. It really is. And we have to listen to those. Yes. And we often I think we're put down for our giftings because we're just so strong in those giftings. Come on, come on, (laughs) come on, come on, talk about it, come on. But, you know, that's, I was just saying um, last Friday that, you know, Dave Ramsey, John, one of his protégés, John Eckhoff, wrote a book called Start. And it's like, if you're successful, you will have haters. You will. And not as a bad thing. It's a growth thing. And, and that, you know, you're coming into your giftings and that's, God wants us to do that. We're not all called, called to be a surgeon, but this, Amen. this young man obviously was. Yes. And, and we don't like change. That's right. <laughs> you know where I've seen the, some of the most bitter rivalries, and I think it's kind of overlooked too, is woman to woman. Ooh, yeah. I, was I see that's that a, good... a lot. I see a, I see yes. a lot of women, and especially when women are good at something, they yes. have the, the gifts, or mm-hmm. they're very powerful, or mm-hmm. they're very gifted somehow. I feel like everyone else almost gangs up on that one in particular, and it's like the only time you see them come together. But uh, Donna talks about that a lot. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. You're the ultimate uh, Jericho bro, let me just say. <laughs> yes. So thank yes. you yes. <laughs> for that plug. But that's what Jericho Girls is all about. It is um, empowering women to love one another and to support one another and bringing each other by the hand and showing and shining each other's gifts because we're all gifted in other, you know, different areas. And we might have something similar, but it's still unique to us. And only we can utilize that gift Mm -hmm. uniquely how God has given it to us. So we are all about um, Jericho Girls wants to empower women to come alongside. We've seen the power of when women stand back to back and have each other's backs. We are better wives. We are better mothers, businesswomen. um, And we we are healthier. See, Dr. Joe would love this. We are healthier emotionally. Yes. Yes. When we do this, and there is a power in this unity. And I'm telling you, the enemy is shaking in his boots when he sees the power of women come together because he mm. want he comes to kill, still and destroy. That's right. And he wants to divide, and he wants to see women catty and talking about one another. Yes, but Lord. that is not what God has created us. He has created us to be in relationship. Amen. So our scripture, um, and I'll show you. A lot of you ladies have seen this picture, but our artist for the Overwhelmed Conference did a rendering of three women. And this is our theme, is women coming together and standing back to back. And so it's Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better. 
for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And that's Amen. Carla's work. Ooh, so if you want to see that, go to Very nice. the Overwhelmed Conference and, uh, Facebook page. Speaking of that, that's this weekend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I am so, so excited about it and overwhelmed in a good way. I mean, there's a lot of detail getting up to, you know, leading up to a conference. But we want you to come and be changed. This is not just a, a feel good one day. We're going to pump you up and then you're going to go home and tomorrow is going to fall apart. Right. We want to empower you and change your life and connect you with women who really love and care for you and um, equip you for the whole year so that you are overwhelmed in a good and positive way and with God's great love and with the power of these women who love on you. And that sustains you for a whole year and you're living overwhelmed um, the way God has designed us to. Amen. And today is the last day you can get tickets. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So go and register today if uh, if you are going to join us and you will be blessed by all the speakers. And Angie Austin is one of our yes, speakers she and she has yes, got she a is. great testimony about getting out of the victim chair and she's going to share her journey. And mm -hmm. I think if you've never heard Angie's story, you're going to be really yes. surprised yes. to away. hear where she came from Amen. and and where, you know, how she's attained from there. You would never know that Angie story behind her. That's right. It, it, she looks like she's got everything all together. She, but like, okay, how could this person that has so much That's going right. on mm -hmm. have lived the life that she lived? Yes, and made the choices she, she made. Uh, my success coach had sent me a, an image, and it's this iceberg above the water, and it mm -hmm. says success. Mm -hmm. And then it's below even it. bigger below, and it says, you know, failure and disappointment mm -hmm. and, you know, trying again, all these things that led up to that success. And that bottom part of the iceberg is much, much bigger because mm -hmm. we spend so much time Amen. getting there. I think a lot of people story. fear failure and yes. setbacks like that and yeah. and, and it's funny because one of my favorite things i hold on to is uh anybody who's a master at anything has failed at it more times than anyone else has even tried Amen it to them. Yes. so and i've always liked that i mean failure you you know uh what they say uh, we fall down so that we can learn to stand back up that's, that's right my very right. first broker that i worked with um, would always share his failures and even when we went on a listing appointment he's like let me he would point out the things he did wrong he's like let me show you where this went wrong we got the listing but let me show you where this could have went better. And he always pointed out his failures to help me succeed in the business. So, yes, our failures help us. Amen. I'm going to use a sports Absolutely. analogy. Okay. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky. Oh, like that. I love that. That's the truth right there. <laughs> Get out really there. Um, a couple years ago, I had started a nonprofit with um, some other ladies. We were called the Women's Empowerment Tribe. And uh, it, it lasted almost a year. We were in five different cities. And I will tell you, I love these ladies. And they taught me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. It was very difficult to have a business with pe five different people in different. And, um, and I take that not as a failure. I always keep saying I'm failing forward. I just keep trying. And I'm like, you know what? I did it. We did it. We got the nonprofit up and going. We had some great events. And then everything, like different things happen in all of our, in the people's lives. So it's like, but we just got to keep going, you know, and right. instead of being rivals, I know we're talking about rivalry. Um, you know, I love these ladies. I learned a lot from the process of what to do and what not to do. Yes. You know, I want to go back to the, the topic of rivalry and, um, and, and producer Dave, I want you to weigh in on this as well. Mm -hmm. um, how can we, okay, we're all in our, 40s 50s David I think you're in your 30s but how can we 
um, how can we touch the young women in this generation to keep them from being rivals? Cindy, you're a longtime entrepreneur. What can you tell a young woman to keep her from being um, in that rivalry space? That's a really good question, and I do run into a lot of people that are a lot younger than me that I work with and even come to me for advice on how to grow a business. And I always just encourage them to be real with what's in front of them. And we all have prejudices. We all deal with prejudices. Either you're too tall or you're too mm. pretty mm. or you're too mm-hmm. fat or you're too smart or you're too poor or you're too not this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's important is that you deal with what's in front of you in a positive way. It doesn't matter what it is. Okay. And just go from that space. And don't just go forward and face what's in front of you. Amen. And uh, just do the best you can. Do it with a good heart. Do it with an honest heart. Do it with a real heart. And meet it. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. Jennifer? Um, ooh, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all these great social media places. Mm. I just read an article and... For such being so connected these days, people are so disconnected. And so often people take what they see on Facebook as that's that person. They know, okay, I know. And um, it's not. Mm -hmm. It is not that person. So I was just talking to somebody and I don't compare myself with other people. I compare myself with yesterday. Am I trying to be better myself than I was yesterday. So um, my biggest advice to especially young ladies and young men is, you know what, you're only in competition with yourself and have a relationship with God and God will keep you on the straight and narrow Mm -hmm. and not um, working or or looking at other people's Facebooks. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Producer Dave. We're going to go to him and then I want you to tell it from the Jericho girl. Bring us home. You know, (laughs) if I could offer any advice to anybody, I would offer, I would say that um, uh, your thoughts control your actions. Mm. And, um, you know, Dr. Joe talks about having positive thoughts. And I think that having negative thoughts, especially about yourself, is going to make, it's going to what? Uh, creates the rivalry between somebody else because you think that you're not good enough and you're not as good as they Mm. are. And then, you know, social media does kind of build other people Mm. up. And I wouldn't call social media lies, but I'm not going to say that it's the truth because it's only sharing the good parts. I mean, there's good and bad parts to everybody. But then uh, if you you think that you are not as good as other people, then that's where that negative rivalry comes from. And uh, I would also say embrace rivalry because, like Donna said before, it can... you know, competition can bring out the best mm-hmm. in you. You know, you rise to mm-hmm. the best competition around you, and that's how your performance gets better. Okay. So I'd say that, yeah, embrace rivalry that's good. However, try to control your thoughts and not create rivalry where there isn't one. All right, that Jericho gal. Hello. Hello. Yes, did you hear me? I'm like, ooh, ooh, uh-huh. ooh, ooh. <laughs> I, I have so much to say. But I just want to tell you, young woman who's out there, um, put down the magazine of the mm. supermodel. Um, quit looking at your best friend as more beautiful than you or more talented than Mm -hmm. you. Comparison is going to kill you. I want you to look into the mirror of truth and see how beautiful Beautiful. you are and accept yourself and love yourself and start telling yourself that you are exactly who you are and how God created you to be and start embracing and loving yourself. That is the best thing that you can do. And then from there, a love comes. You can't love others. 
others until you are overflowing yourself That's and right. loving yeah. yourself. And so it's out of the abundance of the heart and the, the love that you have for yourself that you are able to have those relationships and love others. So comparison, I would say, just stop. Yeah. Stop. Amen. Yes. Amen. And, and I would say that um, if you want to be rival, if you want to have a rival with somebody, have a rival with yourself from yesterday. There mm -hmm. you go. Okay. That's a good one. Because when you do that, you're continually improving on who you were. You're never the same person. Okay. Because you're just growing and moving in the way that God wants you to be. Hey, Jericho girls in... Um, Oh my gosh, I just forgot it. The overwhelmed overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> overwhelmed conference. How can they get the last tickets today? Oh yes, you can go to jerichogirls.org or find us on Facebook at Overwhelmed Conference. Amen. Jennifer Bishop. Livingyourpotential.com. Cindy Marsh's information is coming soon. Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Starting the Life. Find me at drillstartingthelife.com. God bless y'all. We love you with the love of Jesus and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The good news of Jesus for you in High Definition Radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-J. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Yes, 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does oh. ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love ARC. Denver Rescue Mission's annual turkey drive needs your help to reach their goal of 15,000 turkeys this year, and they've made it easier than ever to help your community members in need. Just pick one of two ways to donate. You can either drop off a frozen turkey at the main shelter downtown or simply go to denverrescuemission.org and buy a turkey online. Your donations will go directly to those in need at the annual Denver Rescue Mission Thanksgiving Feast, but the community turkey drive also helps other members of the community by assisting hundreds of community outreach agencies across the Denver metro area. To make your donations, please bring a frozen turkey weighing 12 pounds or more to our main shelter on the corner of Lawrence Street and Park Avenue. Or to make a contribution online, visit denverrescuemission.org. This is your opportunity to make this a happy holiday season for all. Donate a turkey to the Denver Rescue Mission today. Welcome back to the good news. Uh, well, very uh, thrilled to have Shimon Perez's son joining us, Hemi Perez. And we are talking about his dad's book. That, I mean, I understand your father finished this book just shortly before he passed away one year ago. Yeah, he passed away on, he actually had a stroke on September 13, uh, which is the, tomorrow is going to be the, the full year. And uh, he finished writing the book in, uh, in August, just a few weeks before he passed away. It's a book that he wanted to leave uh, for the uh, next generations. 
he wanted to uh, uh, to uh, view his ideas and his vision for the future as a reflection of his uh, uh, life story, the things that he dreamt of, the things that he served, and the decisions that he had to take in life. So for me, it's an inspirational uh, uh, book. It's a voice uh, that continues on after he departs from this world. And we'd like to make this book um, available to as many people around the world. And again, the book, No Room for Small Dreams, Courage, Imagination, and the Making of Modern Israel by Shimon Perez, his uh, son, Hemi, talking to us about that. And, you know, your father, uh, really one of Israel's most distinguished politicians, uh, known around the world, respected by uh, many leaders of many countries. And in uh, this book, what, what, do you, what, what, is, what did he want us to learn from this book, do you think? My father, in general, uh, believed that uh, we're, we're in a, an era of transition from an old world to a new one. He believed that we're transitioning from a world of territories to a world of science and technology. And he believed that uh, in the old world, uh, greatness came from your ability to uh, obtain more land, more territories, natural resources, and cheap labor. But going forward, as innovation, science, and technology evolves, he believed that uh, we can become great not on the expense of others, because with technology and science, you can compensate for the lack of territory and natural resources. With uh, the ability to develop automation and robotics, you no longer need slaves. So there is really no reason anymore to build armies and go to war. That vision has to do with your ability to think about the future, to imagine, to dream, to be optimistic, to use a certain toolkit that he used through his life that was a journey from an old world to a new world. As a boy, he grew up in Poland in an ultra-Orthodox house just before his family murdered by the Nazis at the time. And he realized his dream, the first dream he realized was actually to come and live in Israel. And the second one is to build a house in Israel. And of course, uh, founding a nation. And then he started to serve this nation, to make it uh, secured, to make its economy flourish, and to bring it to safe harbor where it will rest with other nations in peaceful area collaborating with others and allowing every country and every society to become great, not on the expense of others. So that maybe, is the voice. I mean, maybe yeah. people don't realize really, I mean, the accomplishments of your father, many people, you know, not understanding how he really came up from, from nothing. And I don't mean nothing as in his parents were nothing. I mean, nothing as in his parents taken from him. And so a self-made man per se. Yes, he had a remarkable life. Uh, he came really as a young man, but very early in his life, he was identified by the founding father of the state of Israel as a, as a great talent. And he adopted him and actually gave him a lot of responsibilities because Ben-Gurion used to say that his door is open for Shimon Peres because every time he knocks on the door, he knew that three things will happen. First of all, he knew that Shimon will never ask for anything for himself. 
Secondly, he will never badmouth or tell a lie. And thirdly, he will always have a great idea. So he gave him the credit to operate. And my father basically built the greatest uh, projects and the greatest works in Israel. It's a phenomenal string of achievements through his life in the various areas uh, of his uh, responsibilities. And I'll give you a few examples that okay. actually is writing about them in the book. Okay. Maybe the biggest one, uh, maybe the biggest one is the establishment of uh, Dimona, the Israeli deterrent facility in the south part of our country, which actually secured Israel in a very hostile environment. He was the founder of the military defense. He created the Israeli aerospace industries, um, and he created Rafael, which is the uh, advanced technology for missiles. Um, he introduced computers and science and technology into our military and made Israel strong militarily, becoming one of the uh, strongest powers in the world. Then as prime minister, he actually saved Israel from uh, an economic calamity. Israel was facing 400% inflation rate. My father, within 12 months only, managed to reduce the inf inflation rate from 400% to zero. And then, recognizing that our economy is not sustainable as long as it is not global, he actually launched what Israel is known today as the startup nation. In the startup nation concept, there were two ideas. One is to open up the country and invite global enterprises to come to Israel and innovate in Israel with our, talent, uh, with our talented engineers. The second one is to endorse entrepreneurship and allow our young generation to uh, basically create uh, startup companies in many areas, in many technology sectors. Uh, today, Israel has 350 global enterprises operating in Israel, from the greatest companies in the U.S. to the greatest companies in uh, Asia-Pacific. Uh, in addition to that, we have 6,000 startup companies in Israel. We really became known as a startup nation. Mm -hmm. uh, the last chapter in his life, after he secured the defense capabilities in our economy, was dedicated to pursue peace. And he was instrumental and took part in the peace agreement between Israel and Egypt, mm -hmm. between Israel and Jordan. And he also laid the foundations for the future agreements that we will have with the Palestinians to which he earned a Nobel Peace Prize. Mm -hmm. His life is full of achievements because he's the only person in Israel that was both prime minister and president. He served in any possible position as a minister, from defense to finance to foreign affairs and many other positions in the Israeli government. Mm -hmm. He traveled the world, he met world leaders, and he was highly regarded as someone who promoted a global peace among nations. He was a thinker, he was an author of many books. Uh, and he was an outstanding man that was both appreciated and loved by his peers. He lived 93 years. Yeah. And this is actually the, the, the last book and the first one that he actually wrote about his life. Now, Angie, you need to understand it was not 
uh, an attempt to write an autobiography okay. or a memoir or a memoir. He shared his peaks in his life in order to teach the, those who are young in age and young in heart, those who are leaders and, and, and plan to be leaders or want to influence others, that if you want to be a great leader, you should serve a great cause. Ah. You should have great and you should fulfill your dreams. And just before he died, he knew just before he died that his days are numbered. This is why he was anxious to read the book, and I'm, I'm so grateful that he managed to finish the book. And he also wrote an epilogue where he actually says goodbye to the world, and he talks about the things that he loved in our country and the things that he loved in life. And he's also doing some kind of an accounting, saying how much time he received when he received his life as a present, he said that every second he wanted to influence and contribute to the world. And he leaves the world with no regrets besides one. The only regret that he had, he said, after 70 years of existence of the state of Israel, when he saw where we had come to, the only regret that he had, that he did not have many more dreams in the early days, and greater dreams. And when he said that, he actually thought about the title of the book, and he said, I want to call the book, No Room for Small Dreams. Mm-hmm. And this is an inspiring book for everyone who wants to achieve meaningful life, to save great causes. He gave us one warning, he said, use all the tools I used, be optimist, look at the future, forget about the past because you cannot change it. Be, uh, uh, don't be afraid of setbacks. Continue and cross a desert if you need to reach an important goal. But most importantly, be aware that if your dreams are not great enough, at the end, you might be disappointed or you might regret for that you did not have greater dreams. I think this is a very inspiring book. And when we spoke about the book, he really wanted this book to reach every person that he did not have yet an opportunity to meet with Ah. or talk to and speak his vision. So this is his voice after his physical existence. And this is why we want to echo this voice. And we want this voice to be heard clear in the US, in English, Mm -hmm. in Europe, the Pacific, in Latin America, and across the world in Africa, and of course in Israel and many other countries. And that is, that is a will, that is his wish, and for us, it is also a command. Hemi, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but um, there was a quote uh, in an article I read that, uh, about you talking about your father. It said, my father strongly believed that uh, the hidden treasures within ourselves are far greater than anything found on the ground, you know, what we have inside of us, all that power. I'm curious, what was he like? I know he was a great man, a great leader, a great innovator, what was he like as a father? What is a fond memory you have of him as a father? So as a father, he really was an inspiring father, the, the, the kind of a person that never tells you what to do, what is right and what is wrong, but share with you uh, views and vision and ideas and books that he read and conclusions that he had in his life. was a great uh, storyteller. I remember days when I was in uh, military service uh, which is uh, tough and uh, 
uh, I was participating in a course that was very, very uh, complicated and very tough. And he used to write me letters. And in those letters, he would say things like, uh, you're doing something important that you should be you should be thinking about the future. You should imagine uh, the end of the road. And you should know that what you're doing is so important that it deserves the desert that you need to cross. So it was strengthening us and guiding us in a way that is inspirational and not in a way that is more uh, ordering directly or telling us what we should do and how we should live our lives. He trusted us, uh, his children. He said, you should believe in yourself. You have the capabilities that you don't even know exist. Uh, choose your way, serve a great cause, dream, and be optimistic above all. And from time to time when things were tough, he would say, there are no desperate situation, only desperate people. So don't be desperate. We can overcome any obstacle. And, and he was a living example. Even though he faced a lot of uh, challenges and setbacks in his life, he never gave up. He never quitted. He never became cynical. He managed to keep himself as the greatest optimist in the world. And for me, he was also a man that knew how to live. Mm -hmm. Every second of life was very well used. He did not waste time. He did not waste time on the past. He was not insulted by people he chose not to be insulted by. was uh, a master uh, of uh, the right way to live and the right way to achieve a meaningful life. You must miss him. I encourage, I encourage everyone to read the book. It's the, the book is fluent. The book is short. The book describes an unbelievable journey of a single human being that managed to achieve things in his life that maybe hundreds of people would not achieve in one lifetime and learn from his experience. And you, when you read it, you need to have your eyes into the future and not mm -hmm. into the past. You must miss him. I miss him a lot, not only myself. Tomorrow we have uh, at the Paris Center for Peace and Innovation a gathering of friends from all over the world. Dr. Kissinger is traveling specifically here oh. to pay tribute to my father. Uh, there are going to be dignitaries from all over the world, heads of companies, heads of states, people that work with him, people that loved him and adored him and admired him. And we're going to spend the whole day talking about his legacy, talking about what we should do into the future, we're building now uh, a center that will inspire the world to use his vision and his ideas how to travel into the future safely and make a better world. We will showcase Israel as a, as a state that can become great, not on the expense of others. Uh, we will showcase his life and the journey that Israel took uh, through the last 70 years. And we hope that we will not only showcase it to everyone who visits Israel, but we will also be able to inspire the young generation in Israel. And above all, we are calling upon friends around the world to join forces with us. We'd like to build centers of this nature in other countries, in other cities, and inspire the young generation to create a better world with science, technology, 
vision, and the moral values that he adopted. Well, what a blessing, Hemi, to, you know, uh, have someone, uh, you know, a role model, a father like your your father to be yours, you know, to be able to raise you and to inspire you so much. Uh, and I've never been to your wonderful country, but my friends that have speak so glowingly and so highly of the country in general, uh, the people, how warm they are and their sense of security when they're there. There have been multiple times in me covering the news over the last 20 years of uh, people saying, well, in Israel, they would have handled it this way. And they say that with admiration of how things are taken care of and that um, there's a I feel a, a lot of political correctness now and uh, fearful of addressing things sometimes in my own country and just acting and protecting the people. And a lot of thought goes into like, well, how should we handle this in a politically correct manner? Whereas sometimes security and safety have to come first. And I really admire how your country protects your people. And uh, I really admire the legacy that your father has left behind. And I feel it was a real privilege for me to be able to discuss your dad um, on the show. So thank you so much. Again, the book is No Room for Small Dreams, Courage, Imagination, and the Making of Modern Israel. Uh, uh, Shimon Perez's son, Hemi, joining us. And Hemi, any parting words? Yes. One correction and one invitation. The correction is that my father did not leave a legacy uh, behind him. He left a legacy uh, in in front of us. <laughs> That's good. That's the first correction. Yeah, That's I the love first that. correction. That's good. The second one is you have an open invitation to visit us in Israel and one word of cautious. When you come to Israel, you will realize that what you imagine is much less than the reality that we managed to create in Israel. Uh, and that's the message uh, of the book. No room for small dreams. Come to Israel, make it a dream come true. I would love that. Well, thank you. What a blessing uh, to have this interview. Really appreciate it. And uh, just thank you so much for taking the time to share these beautiful words of your father's. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Angie. All right. A great, beautiful fall getaway. The elk, the colors parties, kids' activities, and it's reasonably priced where YMCA, the Rockies, uh, Snow Mountain Ranch, and also the Estes Park location. Uh, they've got some fall activities going on. There's going to be a Halloween party on October 28th if you want to plan ahead. It's reasonable. Some of my kids' favorites, there is the zip lining. There is the craft shop. They love the roller skating. There is rock climbing, uh, putt-putt, uh, tennis. Uh, we spent our family reunion up there this summer, and it was mind-blowingly fun. And again, it's reasonable. That's why we go several times a year. YMCAtherockies.org. Sometimes my kids even cry when we leave because they're like, we're leaving our place. I'm like, it's our place still. We'll be back. We'll be back. YMCA of the Rockies.org. You won't regret it. It's great to see the elk this time of year. So cool. Denver Rescue Mission's annual turkey drive needs your help to reach their goal of 15,000 turkeys this year, and they've made it easier than ever to help your community members in need. Just pick one of two ways to donate. You can either drop off a frozen turkey at the main shelter downtown or simply go to denverrescuemission.org and buy a turkey online. Your donations will go directly to those in need at the annual Denver Rescue Mission Thanksgiving Feast, but the community turkey drive also helps other members 
members of the community by assisting hundreds of community outreach agencies across the Denver metro area. To make your donations, please bring a frozen turkey weighing 12 pounds or more to our main shelter on the corner of Lawrence Street and Park Avenue, or to make a contribution online, visit denverrescuemission.org. This is your opportunity to make this a happy holiday season for all. Donate a turkey to the Denver Rescue Mission today. Hello, hello. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie. I'm taking the driver's seat today. She couldn't be here, but I didn't want to pass up this opportunity to spread this really good word. I have with me on the line right now our friend from the Denver Rescue Mission, Stacy Parker. Hi, Stacy. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Um, I just, uh, I really want to push this. I think it's really, really important. Uh, Denver Rescue Mission helps so many people, so now it's our turn to help the Denver Rescue Mission, and it is turkey drive time. Isn't that right? That's right. We have our annual Thanksgiving turkey drive starting on November 1st. November 1st. That is two days from now, so... Uh, start getting those turkeys ready. I know Angie has said that you go to the store, especially if you buy several. The the grocery store sometimes will give you even a better deal on the frozen turkeys than they normally have. And this time of year is when you get the best deal for turkeys. And uh, why don't you tell us the rules and how how uh, the turkey drive works? Absolutely. Yep. As you mentioned, the earlier the better uh, to buy your turkeys. And um, we just encourage folks that as they're doing their own Thanksgiving shopping, to just think of the mission um, and think of people in need this holiday season and maybe just pick up an extra frozen turkey or if that's too much, you know, any canned goods. Um, we're right now trying to collect um, box stuffing, canned fruit, canned vegetable, um, vegetables and yams um, to help really with that full Thanksgiving meal. So um, we do this turkey drive every year to support thousands of people in need across Denver and in northern Colorado. Um, so we, um, our goal is 15,000 turkeys, and we try to make it really easy for folks. Um, you can actually donate online to go towards the turkey. We, we typically say the average turkey cost is between 15 to $20. So you can make that donation online at denverrescuemission.org. Um, and then also, again, if you're in stores, um, just picking up another few items with, uh, you know, your normal shopping visit, and you can uh, donate those items at our Ministry Outreach Center anytime Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Uh, and that's in uh, the Northeast Park Hill neighborhood, 5725 East 39th Avenue. Uh, we'll also be collecting turkeys the week before Thanksgiving at our Lawrence Street shelter, uh, which is uh, at Park Avenue and Lawrence Street downtown. So uh, we just try to make it, you know, really easy for people to contribute um, we are, with, with these turkeys, able to feed thousands of people at our mission facilities uh, for a nice Thanksgiving meal. Uh, we have our, our big Thanksgiving banquet at the Lawrence Street Community Center downtown the day before Thanksgiving. So we'll use lots of turkeys for that. And we also partner with um, other organizations, and uh, churches, schools, um, social workers, things like that, who are working with families who are, might be struggling this Thanksgiving season, and we're able to give out uh, thousands of the turkeys that we collect um, the week leading up to Thanksgiving. So as we're collecting them, we're also giving them back out to the community and people in need. I love um, that. And we use it. Yeah, so that's, that's wonderful for us. It's just a huge 
really community effort. We're just so grateful to have. Sure, um, sure. You know, I, it makes me feel comfortable just because I, sometimes you donate to something and you're not sure where your money's going or where your donation's going or what's really going to happen with it. And one thing I really like about this turkey drive for the Den Denver Rescue Mission is you know this turkeys are going to people who really need turkeys. And I know it seems like such a small thing for a lot of us, a turkey dinner, you can have that anytime. But not everyone can have that anytime. Right, that's correct. And what we find is, you know, there's just plenty of uh, families out there who, you know, this is actually a hard time for them, uh, holiday season, because of the added expenses. So you think of, you know, just the, the, the cost of putting together a Thanksgiving meal, um, you know, your donations of these canned goods, um, you know, those Thanksgiving items along with the frozen turkey um, can really just um, make the world a difference. For, for a family in need this Thanksgiving. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and uh, just with the last few seconds that we have here, tell us again uh, where we can go donate and where we can go donate a actual turkey or where we can just donate money. Sure. So uh, visit us online at denverrescuemission.org to learn more about the turkey drive and then bring donations in person at our Lawrence Street Shelter, 1130 Park Avenue West, or our Ministry Outreach Center, 5725 East 39th Avenue. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stacy, And thanks again to the Denver Rescue Mission. You guys are great. I love what you guys do over there. And everyone, please help out. Help out as much as you can. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.